What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talking with Bees, episode 66, the Wednesday news. On today's episode, we're going to talk about MLB Divisional Series because those are set. We know where the 2030 World Cup will be hosted. And the Anaheim Ducks finally ink their young guns. But first, let's head straight into the NFL. All right, disclaimer, yes, I'm recording this on Thursday. Very busy Wednesday for me, but also wanted to wait for some news that I knew was going to come out at the end of uh, Wednesday. So I wanted to make this on Thursday so I had more to talk about because initially the episode was going to be very short. Thought I would wait, get some more information, and we did. So let's start off NFL talk. Tredavious White, cornerback from the Buffalo Bills, is out for the season with a torn Achilles. Matthew Judon will undergo surgery on tour bicep. He's out indefinitely from the New England Patriots. Um, they also made a trade, though, getting J.C. Jackson from uh, the L.A. Chargers for a sixth-round pick and a swap of the seventh-round picks in next year's draft. He will be pretty much put in Judon's spot there. Kenny Pickett is not expected to miss too much time with a knee injury. Could start this upcoming weekend for the Steelers. David Bakhtiari, Green Bay, he will be on IR following his knee surgery, meaning he will be out for at least four games. Amon Ross St. Brown did not practice due to an abdominal injury. Uh, the wide receiver from Detroit possibly could be missing this upcoming game. Would not expect him to miss it as of right now, I would expect him to play in this upcoming weekend's game. A little bit of news though. New England's loss to Dallas, 38-3 last weekend, happened to go down as Bill Belichick's worst loss in coaching career. Uh, that's just staggering to me. I mean, 35 points, one of the best coaches in NFL history. I, it's coming down to how much longer is Bill going to be in New England? Is he going to be that guy that stays forever? Because I don't think the owner of the Patriots is going to fire him anytime soon. Uh, there's just been too much history there, too much good history for for the Patriots and for that head coach, Bill Belichick. But is it going to be the kind of thing where he maybe steps away from, from the New England Patriots? They haven't been good last couple of years. Yes, this is pretty much his team that he's put together, but they're just overall not looking very good. I would expect him, if he is going to leave, it's going to be on his own terms. He's not going to be fired. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Belichick out after this season, maybe him walking away. Uh, three quarterbacks. This year have 100-plus passing attempts and yet zero interceptions. The three quarterbacks, you might be very surprised on who they are. Number one, Brock Purdy. Number two, Josh Dobbs, quarterback from the Arizona Cardinals. Number three, rookie out of Houston, C.J. Stroud. Amazing that all three of these guys are just dominating what their their, uh, passing ratings are right now. Josh Dobbs, we didn't even expect to be the starter for um, Arizona. C.J. Stroud. Not even skipping a beat. Yeah, the record's not great. Two and two is respectable, though. But no interceptions is even better and more impressive being a rookie. And then Brock Purdy. Great offense over there in San Francisco. Of course, he has very easy uh, targets. Not a very big, like, spread out offense. Very quick passes, stuff like that. So Purdy's also no interceptions. Well, in the NFL news, on very sad note, Bears legend Dick Buckus has passed away today at the age of 80. Um, pretty much one of the only players that when you think of the Chicago Bears, he's one of the first players that you think of. So our condolences to the uh, the Bears family, Dick Buckus's family. We'll head to the MLB now. So we had playoffs this last week. 
which this is the main reason why I wanted to wait to get this episode on Thursday because divisions or the wild card game, excuse me, were finishing up and happened to be all sweeps this last week. Four sweeps. The Rangers swept the Rays. The Twins swept the Blue Jays. The Phillies swept the Marlins. And the Diamondbacks swept the Brewers. Did not expect to see four sweeps. Um, would have expected at least a couple of the home teams to win here. Tampa Bay, I thought, was going to at least win one. Milwaukee, I thought, was definitely going to win one. I thought that was going to be a three-game series. But as of right now, we have our divisional series set. So Arizona will face L.A. Uh, Philadelphia will face Atlanta. For the AL, we got Texas versus Baltimore and Minnesota versus Houston. The ones I'm most excited for, Arizona and L.A. Is Arizona going to be able to ride that hot streak they're going on right now? The bad thing is Gabriel Moreno, he might be out for that series. Got hit with the, in the head with a bat on a follow on a follow-through on the swing, left that game. Wasn't able to affect him too much, but in a long series like this one coming up, I think that's going to affect him big time. So hopefully he's able to come back. For the AL, I'm actually really excited to see the Minnesota versus Houston one. Minnesota came into this one, haven't won a, a game since 2004. Go in, ends up winning the game. Now the bad thing is, because they won that, the Angels are now the newest Playoff winless streak. With uh, with that being said, they haven't won a playoff a playoff game since two thousand nine of the ALCS. Tough news for Angel fans, of course. Um, definitely tough news for me to hear. Um, but I'm not surprised. I mean, the team can't make playoffs. The team can't even win when they get to playoffs. So, uh, just next uh, record to be broken. Hopefully next season. But yes, those are my top two series to watch out for. Hopefully Moreno's back for the Diamondbacks and it's not going to be able to, to affect them too much. Still kind of think Diamondbacks aren't as strong as the Dodgers. The Dodgers should be able to take care of them. But overall, should be a very good series. That's the one I'm circling out of all four of those series. News around the MLB before we get out of here. The Rays and the Rangers actually had the lowest postseason attendance for Game 1. 19,704 uh, attendance rate super bad super low you could tell when they zoomed out um, but honestly the the Rays don't get that big fan base behind them so kind of expect it and it was a very early start it was like what maybe three o'clock local time I believe so not a great time to even start a, a game so uh, that's tough news for for the Rays but hopefully they're able to uh, figure it out next year get the fans back going on the on their side Manny Machado, he will undergo surgery to repair his right elbow extension tendon. He should be out four to six weeks or months, excuse me. And lastly, Billy Epler, GM of the New York Mets. He actually has resigned as the GM. So the Mets don't have a GM and don't have a, a manager. They're going to be searching that this offseason. Let's head to the NHL. So it's at the top of the show. Anaheim finally inks their young guns. Trevor Zegers signs a three-year 5.75 AAV contract. And Jamie Drysdale gets a three-year 2.3 million AAV contract. I, I'm very surprised that it took them this long to get this contract down. Um, excited to see these guys come back. I think Jamie's is definitely justified. Did not play more than 10 games last year. I think it was about the eight-game mark because of his injury. Tough news for him, but I think the 2.3... Very respectable. See what he could do. Get him the bigger contract if it comes down to it. 
with Z. I'm very surprised that it took him this long to get there. Did not like that initial contract, the three to four million AAV for three years. I thought that was very disrespectful, knowing what Zegers brings to the club, whether it's um, fans, highlight real goals, uh, offensive production, because he's the the leading scorer last year for the team. So Zegers being around for at least three more years, I think it's going to be really good. Um, hopefully Verbeek is, and Zegers, their feud is going to be much better after the next three years. Maybe he'll get an eight plus contract, eight plus million contract. So it's able to a little bit, uh, at least make him want to stay. But as of right now, it's going to be hard to re-sign those two. But hopefully they're able to figure it out. Three more years of these guys. So hopefully that uh, something will change for the better. Derek Stefan announced that he is retiring from the game. The 33-year-old played 890 games with the Rangers, the Coyotes, the Senators, and the Hurricanes. Acquired 515 points. Great career for Stefan. Have an awesome time in retirement. Arthur Kaliev, uh, forward for the LA Kings, has been suspended four games for needing Anaheim's Chase DeLeo in the preseason game a couple days ago. Uh, this four-game suspension means he'll be out for the next two preseason games and the next and the first two regular season games to start off the year. Which, by the way, season starts October 10th. Three games on the schedule that game that day: Nashville versus Tampa Bay, Chicago versus Pittsburgh, and ending it on Seattle versus Vegas. We'll head to the NBA. Um, big news for the U.S. team: the Olympics in Paris, 2024. They already announced they're going to get one of the biggest players in the NBA. Joel Embiid announced that he will be playing for Team USA. This is big news coming off a very tough FIBA World Cup performance for the U.S. Did not even medal in that performance. Was supposed to pretty much win it. Ended up losing to Germany. And Germany ended up winning winning it all. So impressive by Germany. But now it's going to be what kind of guys are we going to get? Are we going to get... Uh, LeBron James back. Are we going to see Steph Curry on this team? Clay Thompson. I'm not too sure who's going to be here, but the U.S. should have a stacked team, and I would like to see him get that gold medal going into the Olympics there. Last news, we got James Harden. He is going to be back at Sixers camp. He was actually back yesterday, but he is still expected to be traded. Pretty much implied that Harden says he's going to make their life hell um, quote-unquote hell, did not say that. I'm just kind of putting it in my terms here. Uh, it's If that's the case, it's not very smart. Harden still has to be able to figure out um, where, what's the best option for him. He's got to pretty much prove that he's the right guy to go to a certain team. So if he is going to be still this prima donna and do whatever the hell he thinks is right, which I don't think is right, it's going to be a hard time for somebody to want to trade for him. And even if that, the Sixers aren't going to get that much for him. So hopefully they're able to figure it out, at least put their differences aside, let him play some basketball, prove that he could play somewhere else, and be positive to whatever team wants him. All right, let's head to college football. Two big things coming out before we talk about the recap from last week. Tez Walker, wide receiver from UNC, the transfer, has actually been deemed eligible for the remainder of the season. Initially was deemed ineligible due to the transfer rules. Supposedly, they, the NCAA said that they got new information. Reading the comments, they pretty much said that the, the school, the university, North Carolina, did not give out all the information that they were asking for. When it was deemed that he was not eligible, they gave him more information, pretty much 
allowing Tez to play the rest of the season. So if they gave out that information for the beginning half, Walker might be playing right now. He might be, what are they, five, six games in already. So he may have been a week one starter for, for the Tar Heels. So if that's the case, that's bad news out of the UNC University there. So uh, besides the fact Tez Walker, great wide, wide receiver, he's going to make a big difference there as the Tar Heels move on. Big 10 team schedules have been released. Not what team will go where, uh, just who they will be playing, if it's a home or away team. This is tough news for the Pac-12 schools that are going to be in the Big 10 next season. 14,445 miles is the average distance for those Pac-12 schools going into the Big 10 for their road games, which is an increase of 295% from this past season. Let's go in depth. Uh, the lowest difference, UCLA, they have 4,347 miles this year. Next year will be 14,947 miles. Oregon, 4,509 miles is going to turn into 12,618 miles. USC has 4,634 miles this season. It's going to be increased to 13,632. And Washington is going to have the toughest, toughest travel schedule. 6,054 miles is this season. Next season, 16,537. Tough news for those schools, but hey, they knew what they signed up for. Don't have too much sympathy for them. Besides, I will be rooting for most of them against those, those Big Ten schools. So hopefully they do succeed there, but I don't know if this travel is going to help um, pretty much everything else when it comes to being a student and money. So... We'll have to see. We'll have to wait a couple of years to see if it does affect those teams. Definitely with the scheduling. Um, but uh, it, they knew what they were signing up for, so not too much sympathy. Let's head into the game recaps. So let's start off. Oregon State and Utah. Uh, Oregon State ended up winning this one 21-7 on Friday. No offense for Utah. That's going to be their biggest struggle until Cam Rising comes back. So hopefully he comes back soon. Utah drops this one, though. Number eight, USC beating Colorado in a nail-biter of a game, 48-41. Very close matchup, but USC able to squeak this one out. Kentucky ends up upsetting number 22, Florida, 33-14. Florida's offense just was not there. The Wildcats able to move on and move past Florida very easily. Number one, Georgia was able to survive past Auburn, 27-20 win there. Really struggling offensively and defensively to kind of separate themselves out. Defense ended up coming up big, stopping Auburn. But Georgia, they're going to be able to figure that one out. They're really struggling to really separate themselves from the bad team. So hopefully they can figure it out soon. Number two, Michigan dominates Nebraska 45-7. Pretty much proven that they're really going to be one of the best teams out of the Big Ten right in front of Ohio State to me. So it's really Michigan and Ohio State battling out as the top two teams. Baylor comes from behind. I think they were down 18 points at one point to UCF to win this one. 36-35, spoiling the Big 12 win potential for UCF. So Baylor wins this one, 36-35. Ole Miss ranked 20th in the country, upsetting number 13 ranked LSU, 55-49. Big win for the Rebels. LSU, I think... I was, me and my dad were the only ones that really said that Jaden Daniels is not all of that. 
proven it this season. I mean, he's looked pretty good overall, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been able to get those wins. It's really, honestly, the defense, though, too, in this game. Over 1,200 yards in this one. LSU has to figure it out on defense if they're going to want to even have a chance at cracking that top 15 rankings once again. Notre Dame beats Duke. The 11th ranked Irish really just squeaked by the 17th ranked Blue Devils. 21-14. I didn't think it was all that great of a game for Notre Dame. They're really struggling to, to be offensively gifting. They're, they're a gifted offense, let me just say that. But ever since the last two, three games, they just have not clicked that well. Really going to be struggling for Notre Dame if they're going to want to keep up with everybody else. So, I uh, they're good, don't get me wrong, but they're really scaring me as it's going to come down to one of the better teams. Um, it's definitely when you have to put these teams into playoff runs. I think they'll look back at these last two games and, and look that not only did they lose one game, but they only won by seven to Duke. So Duke's a very good team, don't get me wrong, but you got to put more, more points up on Duke. And we'll end this one on ASU Talk. ASU dropped last weekend's game to Cal 24-21. Scored, honestly, does not justify what happened. A lot of penalties on Arizona State's side. Trent Bourget was starting at quarterback. No uh, accuracy in that game. Very bad performance when it came to the passing. Um, but really, the penalties did kill him. They had um, a go-ahead touch or a, a touchdown to put him within points and ended up having to settle for a field goal because of penalties, taking him out of that fourth and goal range. And if you look back, they, only, they lose by three in this one. If we score that touchdown, who knows what happens then. So ASU, they got to figure out the penalties. Very bad performance then. And hopefully they're able to figure out the stupid quarterback situation because it is not looking very positive right now in that quarterback room. So they're going to have to figure out a lot in the offense when it comes to this upcoming weekend against Colorado who's looking to come back after dropping the last two weeks. Top 25, we got them right here. No movements for the first seven Georgia number one, Michigan number two, Texas three, Ohio State four, Florida State five, Penn State six, Washington seven. The only ones I think I, I would swap here are Georgia and Michigan. Georgia has not looked great. Michigan has just been dominating its teams that they should be dominating. I would put Michigan as the number one team. Georgia is the number two team. Everyone else, I'm fine with keeping there. Oregon squeaks up to the eight spot. USC in the nine. Notre Dame moves up one to the ten. Alabama also moves up 11. Oklahoma moves up 2 to the 12. Washington State gets a plus 3 boost at a, at a 13. UNC going up to 14. Oregon State gets a plus 4 to the 15 spot. Old Miss also gets a plus 4 into the 16 spot. Miami gets a plus 1 to 17. Utah drops a total of 8 spots down to the 18. Duke drops 2 spots to 19. Kentucky goes from unranked to number 20. Missouri plus 2 to 21. Tennessee drops 1 to 22. LSU drops a total of 10 spots to 23, pretty much on the verge of being unranked. If they definitely if they lose one more game. Fresno State only gets a plus 1 boost. They deserve to be higher than LSU, going on to 15 straight games, dating back to last season without losing. They need to be up there way more than 24. And Louisville gets that 25 spot from going unranked. Other receiving votes that got more than 10, Maryland had 81, K-State had 44, Texas A&M had 31, and UCLA had 19. 
Key matchups for this upcoming week weekend. We got the Red River Showdown, number 12, Oklahoma versus number 3, Texas. That's actually going to be college game day site. This matchup has been super even the last couple of years. Very good games. Always an early matchup, so it's always a 9 o'clock start. 33, 33, and 3 since 1955, so anybody could win this game. Going to be a very big challenge for Texas. Going to be a very big challenge for Oklahoma, so I think it's going to be one of the better games this upcoming weekend. Maryland versus number 4, Ohio State. Everybody's saying Ohio State's on potential upset watch. I still don't see it. I think Ohio State's going to be able to, to figure it out and take care of Maryland, especially being the home team here. So I would not worry too much about it, but thought I would put it in there, put my two cents in on that game. Washington State, 13th ranked against UCLA. UCLA is actually favored in this one at home. Very surprising because I really like Washington State. Would expect them to win this one. So if you're a betting man, Hammer Washington State in this one. Number 20, Kentucky versus number one, Georgia. I think Kentucky is going to be giving them a lot of chances or giving a lot of chances to this one. Georgia's been struggling. Uh, I think Kentucky actually has a really good chance to win this game. So I wouldn't hammer them as an upset win, but I think they're going to scare Georgia for sure, potentially drop them. Um, so I'll be rooting for the Wildcats in this one. So hopefully uh, UK is able to figure that one out. Number 10, Notre Dame versus number 25, Louisville. Another top 25 matchup. Louisville, I think, has a really good chance to beat Notre Dame in this one. They're able to stop that offense. Louisville's offense has looked pretty decent last couple games, so I think Louisville has that chance to outscore Notre Dame in this one. Just going to hope the defense holds up. Last matchup, number 24, Fresno State versus Wyoming. Would never expect Wyoming to be 4-1, but they're going up against the 5-0 Fresno State Bulldogs team. Bulldogs look very good this year. Was able to watch them in person. And I think their offense looks great. Defense even looks even better too. So I think Fresno State should win this game. But I think Wyoming is going to give them a good run. So that's a very good matchup to end Saturday night. Underdog picks. So last week I picked West Virginia to cover. Which happened to be improved to a 14 point spread against TCU. Or West Virginia was able to win that game outright. 24-21, meaning that I got a total of 19 points from that game, bumping up my season total to 29 points. Very happy about that game um, when it came to just picking upset about TCU losing, of course, but West Virginia looked very good in that game, and a 14-point underdog able to not just cover, but the outright win is even bigger confidence boost for that team. So West Virginia, watch out because they might be a very sneaky pick to keep on moving in that Big 12. This week, though, my underdog pick, Oklahoma. They're entering the game against Texas as a plus 6.5 underdog. I would expect them to hopefully cover. Oklahoma's got a great offense. Big 12 has bad defense, so I expect it to be a high-scoring game. Could actually see Oklahoma outright winning this one. So plus 6.5, I like that one. I'd hammer that one if you're a betting man for sure. Let's end this one on some soccer talk. So I said at the top of the show, the 2020-30 World Cup has been set. It's going to be hosted across six different countries. Don't know why they're doing it besides, I mean, I know, I know why. I'll tell you guys right now. The opening games will be played in Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay to pretty much, um, like, how, how do I have to say this? Like, the, and the first couple of, of World Cups were played over there, so they kind of like um, 
like an anniversary kind of thing. Um, so those are the first opening matches. They're going to be played over there. Uh, the main tournament that will be played in Spain, Portugal, and Morocco. Still don't understand why all three countries are going to be hosting it. Don't really like the idea of all three countries hosting it for the U.S. one. The U.S. has the capability to host all of them. Um, but I guess FIFA doesn't want to leave out Mexico and Canada. So I, I guess that's the reason why. I'm not too sure. Um, not a huge fan of this. Uh, all six teams, or all six countries will be qualified for the World Cup automatically. But it's just the kind of thing where keep it in one proximity. Why are you going to have six total teams playing in the three countries, Uruguay, Argentina, and Paraguay, and then travel all the way from there to Europe to play either in Morocco, Spain, or Portugal. And then I don't even know where the most most of the matchups are going to be. I would think probably Spain um, would probably host like the, the playoffs and stuff like that, but I don't know. Don't really like the idea of this. Would it rather just see one country host it, especially those European countries like Spain? They, they have the capability to host all by themselves, so they don't. They definitely don't need the help. But the 2030 World Cup is set. Games to watch this weekend. We'll start off with the MLB ALDS and NLDSs. Game ones. They start on Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, just kind of watch those. I'll keep my eye on them for sure. But uh, those start on Saturday. NFL Cowboys and 49ers Sunday at 5:20 p.m. on NBC. Battle of the top two teams um, in the NFC, potentially top three teams if you want to keep the, the Eagles above the, the Cowboys, but should be a great matchup Sunday night. College football, Oklahoma versus Texas, um, Saturday, 9 a.m. on ABC. Definitely the best game of the weekend for sure. End it on what soccer team to watch. Uh, European soccer will go to Spain, La Liga, Atletico, it will play against Real Sociedad. Um, that will be Sunday, 7.15 a.m., ESPN Deportes and ESPN Plus. Well, hey, guys. I appreciate you guys listening to this one. I know it's on Thursday. A lot of stuff happened uh, on that Wednesday, so I was just waiting for stuff to happen. So appreciate you guys understanding and listening to that. And uh, appreciate you guys listening this far. So check out the links down in the description below. Instagram, Twitter, and X are all down there. We release uh, graphics all the time about when the episodes are released. And check out past episodes that we've recorded about MLB playoffs and that it's better out right now. So I appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you guys later.